أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون فإن التقوى خوف من الجليل وعمل بالتنزيل والرضاء بالقليل والاستعداد ليوم الرحيل All praise is due to Allah Almighty Whomsoever he, he guides is on the correct path and whomsoever has gone astray has no guide. Dear brothers and sisters, I remind myself and you to have taqwa in Allah. Always be conscious and aware of the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of his watchful eyes over our actions. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله And I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is indeed his final messenger and servant. And we bear witness that our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam delivered the message, the amana, the, what he was entrusted with clearly and completely. Dear brothers and sisters, I would like to start today 
by asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with our beloved brothers, sisters, children, shuyukh, women, elders in Gaza and in Palestine. There is no mawla for them except he, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can protect them as we can see except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I submit to you that the last time I did a khutbah here, I think last year sometime, a brother came to me and thanked me for the khutbah and reminded me that we do not speak much about the Holy Land, Masjid Al-Aqsa in Palestine. And I felt ashamed when he said that to me. And I promised myself that the next time I have the opportunity to make a khutbah here that I will speak about our cause there. Because indeed, the Holy Land, Masjid Al-Aqsa, and the surrounding land is the Muslim cause. As we can see, it is one of the key Muslim causes that we can support. During the last week, I listened to a few of the blessed khutaba from the Middle East. And one of them, I believe his name was Ali Salman, or Suleyman, in Al-Urdun, I believe. And I was shocked, we were not shocked, saddened really. He spoke the truth, Jazakallah khair, better than I can. But in the beginning, he had to thank his government. He had to thank his government for allowing him to speak about Nasr, allowing him to speak about victory. This is our state. In what we call the Muslim lands, people cannot speak their opinion openly unless they are persecuted. In Muslim lands, they cannot speak their mind, their feeling, their deen, their knowledge, what they believe is true, without knowing that they shall be persecuted. And sent to prison for how long? Allahu A'lam. And now, here in our free land, when we speak the truth, it is becoming to be named and labeled as anti Semitism. It's a ploy, it's a plot. We cannot speak. Neither here, nor there. And the world testifies that our people are being bombed. Regardless of the beginning of this current events, regardless. The innocent people are being bombed. Helpless. They are being asked to move around like a ping pong ball on a ping pong table, hoping that Bombs, 2,000 pound bombs do not hit them. And we all see the clips, the, the videos, 
What is the response of our children, of our mothers there, of our elders, when they lose the most dear to their heart? The last one was yesterday. Well, I saw a boy. You must have seen him as well if you're watching. 10, 11, 9 years old. In the rubble, he's looking and he's saying, my mother, my mother. I lost my mother. I can't find my, I lost, I, she's, she's, she was killed. And then he puts his hands up to the sky and he says, I wish, I pray Allah, I pray to Allah, she's, she is in a good place. She is better off. This is our belief. The belief of our children there. I think about this relentlessly. And I've been thinking about this relentlessly since I was a young boy, wallahi. From where will Nasser come? From where will victory come? From Al-Urdun? From Saudi Arabia? From Iraq? From where? So we have to look at history. Our state right now, we are in the belly of the whale. We are in the deepest part, in the darkest of the night, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna ma'al usri yusra. Inna ma'al usri yusra. Indeed, with hardship comes ease. Indeed, when Sayyidina Yunus was in the deepest part, in the belly of the well, that's when he called up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you know and you have no doubt that there is no one that can support you, no one can give you victory except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I spent some time looking at history, because everything that I knew about Palestine was what my blessed father used to tell me, and my uncles, our uncles and our fathers. They used to tell us, 1948, that was the catastrophe, and this happened and that happened. And I knew my father was saying the truth, but I didn't know the details. But now, we are forced to look at history and understand how we got here so we can know how to move forward. We should not be depressed. On the contrary, we should be ready and prepared to move forward. Brothers and sisters, this Zionist regime that is controlling our land, the ruthless Zionist regime, you know, we used to say Jewish, but it's really not Jewish. It's Zionist. How did it come to be? If you just Google it and you search, you will find the information there. In the 1890s, there was a young man, Hungarian, who was secular in his belief, yet he was born of a Jewish mother, Theodore Herzl. You've all heard of him. 
What made, what pushed him, what pushed him to start and to be the founder of the Zionist movement? Anti-Semitism was indeed in Europe. It existed. They felt it. Anyone that was Jewish felt the true anti-Semitism. And so he was a lawyer by study, but he decided to be a journalist. So in France, he was covering a case as a journalist against a Jewish man named Dreyfus. And he was being accused wrongfully, as far as what he says, of helping out the Germans. Secret documentation sent to the Germans. And so Herzl sitting there and writing, he saw the anti-Semitism. At first he was thinking about assimilation. You know what assimilation means? Is that you melt in with the existing culture and that you become one and I'm one of them, and no one can differentiate who you are based on your original nationality or culture or religion. Then he realized that, no, the only way for us is to have a Jewish homeland, a Jewish homeland where Jews can be protected from this anti-Semitism. And that was the spark. And my dear brothers and sisters, my young brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this. Me, I speak. I give lip service. Just like the sheikh said, well, that I listened to. Wallahi, that's what he said. I felt the same way. However, I wish and I pray that some of my lip service that I'm telling you may spark one of you. My young brothers and sisters and my young sisters to come to a point to say that this is enough. We see the atrocities that's going on in innocent children being killed and butchered and murdered and not being able to defend themselves. Isn't that enough to move within us some sort of change? Some sort of wanting to hold up to our dignity. Wallahi, the only dignity that we have now that I see is in Gaza. That's the only dignity that we have. That's the only dignity that symbolizes the honor of Islam. It's in Gaza and Palestine. We cannot forget the West Bank and what's going there, going on there. So he set out, he made a Zionist Congress. Eventually, they agreed that they should have a Jewish state. This is Zionism. The definition of Zionism is to establish a Jewish homeland state in Palestine, specifically in Palestine, in Palestine. In the early 18, in the 1890s, who was in control of Palestine? The Ottoman Empire. 
And so he went or he sent a delegation to the Khalifa at that time, Sultan Abdul Hamid al-Thani, Sultan Abdul Hamid. And he offered him. Sultan Abdul Hamid and the Ottoman Empire had a problem. It was called a debt problem. They owed a lot of money. In today's funds, it's about $11.6 billion to the European countries. They were in deep debt. And he realized that. He saw, an he saw an opportunity for him. He goes to him and he says, his delegation was telling him to the Sultan, we will offer you $2.2 billion so that we can establish our Jewish homeland in Palestine. What was the response of Sultan Abdul Hamid? It is not my land to sell to you. It is my people. My people earned it through their blood. They fertilized it, fertilized it with their blood, and they will protect it with their blood. Alhamdulillah. He tried again. Numerous times. And every time, the same response. Until what happened? World War I. The Ottoman Empire going into World War I. They were in deep debt. They had one in, went into the Balkan Wars and other, other wars that weakened them. They were not ready for this. And they sided with the wrong side, with the Germans. By the time the war was decisive and we know what happened, they lost, the collapse went. The British went to, they understood that the Arabs in Al-Hijaz, they wanted self-rule. They wanted to detach themselves from the Khalifa, the Ottoman Empire, unfortunately. So they went to Sharif al-Husseini and they told him, fight with us against the Ottomans and we will give you self-rule afterwards. And he agreed. That was the stab in the back. Unity, my dear brothers and sisters. Unity, regardless. Amongst each other, we must stay unified. Regardless of the differences that we have. But unity must stay strong amongst us. Please move forward, brothers and sisters. Brothers, please move forward. Make room for the brothers that are coming in. So, after World War I, we all know what happened with the Balfour Declaration. And the Balfour Declaration and the European countries were ruthless against uh, Palestine, against the people of Palestine, and they gave the land away, basically for different reasons. It was a negotiating tool. Our land was a negotiating tool. They knew that the Zionists wanted that land. They also wanted to solve their problem called the Jewish problem. Move these Jews out to another land. We don't want to deal with them.
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين أما بعد dear brothers and sisters time is running very quickly and we have to complete my suggestion to everyone is to look at the history understand the history this man Herzl indeed his cause was not just but he wanted to do something for his people he died in 1904 before he died, he said, I cannot say this openly because people will make fun of me. They will think I am crazy. But in five years, or definitely in 50 years, it will be accomplished. And in 1948, it was accomplished. By the way, brothers and sisters, we say the Nakba, the Nakba started in 1948. The Nakba started when the Ottoman Empire collapsed. That's when the Nakba really happened. That's what allowed the Nakba to happen. We have to understand that as Muslims, we must understand that. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided us to have a certain kind of government, governance, built on trust, built on amana. And so, how do we move forward from here? What is our bright light? What is our the end of the tunnel? We have to learn from what other people did. And we have to learn most importantly from what the blessed Prophet Muhammad وسلم, taught us and taught his companions. Just a few examples, something that will inspire us, how we should be. Because I believe we have forgotten our way. We have forgotten our way. You know, we're in slumber. We're in sleep. And now what's happening there really woke us up, all of us. And we're all thinking of different ways. After the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, established the Muslim state on the shoulders of true men who would have been nothing without the advent of Islam. They would have been not mentioned at all. Khalid ibn al-Walid, after the passing of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he went out on expeditions to, great, to gain more land, to give the opportunity for people to worship Allah alone, whether they agreed or not. But he needed to give them the opportunity to do that. So one of, in one of his expeditions, he had surrounded the land that he was trying to capture. And he sent a letter to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu. And he said to him, amiddani, meaning, send me reinforcements, human reinforcements. Send me human reinforcements. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq called on al-Qaqa, Ibn Amr al-Tamimi. And he gave him a letter. And he said to him, you go, and you give this to Khalid ibn al-Walid. And he, gave him the, he opened the letter when he arrived. And he said to him, I send to you al-Qaqa, him alone, and you will ask why. And the reason is only one person, al-Qaqa, only one. And he said to him, 
an army that has al-qa'qa'a in it shall not be defeated. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. An army that has one man, al-qa'qa'a in it, shall not be defeated. For the voice of al-qa'qa'a in the battlefield, his voice alone equates 1,000. Allahu Akbar. Abu Ubaidah, radiallahu anhu, Abu Ubaidah radiallahu anhu is amongst the ten al-mubashireen that are promised Jannah. He was amongst the ten that were promised Jannah. And he was leading the battle going into al-ard al-muqaddas. And when he was there with Khalid ibn al-Walid, the patriarch there, he said, I will surrender it to you the Christian patriarch, I will surrender to, to, to the Muslims under one condition that Umar ibn al-Khattab comes and receives it. And Umar ibn al-Khattab came, traveling a long distance. And Abu Ubaidah met him, and he saw his garment was dirty from traveling. And he saw that the patriarch was all dressed and elegantly. So he said to him, Oh, Umar, and I get you some dress. He was there with Khalid ibn al-Walid and one other Sahabi. Can I get you some dress so that we can be presentable? And what did Umar ibn al-Khattab reply to him? Umar ibn al-Khattab replied, Nahnu qawmun a'azzanallahu bil-Islam. I don't need to dress. We are a people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dignified us with al-Islam. Later on, when he went and saw where Abu Ubaidah was staying, Abu Ubaidah won many battles. And when you win battles, you get a lot of wealth. You have the opportunity to, get, to gain a lot of booty, a lot of wealth. He saw where he was staying. He had one little bed and a little piece of furniture. He said, oh, oh Abu Ubaidah, you could have added something. He said, this is enough for me. Brothers and sisters, I'm not saying that wealth should not be gained. We need wealth. It is what you do with it. We have lost our way. We need to find back our way. We need to start here individually with our hearts. We need our youth to understand this and to be very uncomfortable with what's going on and to do something that's rational, intelligible, and bring people together along a plan that will be successful, inshallah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us all for our shortcomings. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us of all of our shortcomings. Ya Allah, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-alim an yakun ma' akhwanana wa akhawatana fi Palestine. Allahumma thabbithum ala al-haqq wa ala al-iman. Allahumma thabbithum ala al-haqq wa ala al-iman. O oh Allah, keep them steadfast upon the truth and upon the faith. O oh Allah, give them success and victory soon. O oh Allah, help those who are wounded there. O oh Allah, cure them all. O oh Allah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to his true path. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to let us see truth as truthfulness and let us follow it 
and to see falsehood as falsehood and let us follow it. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa anta yaqi aqim as-salah Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah Hayyana as-salati hayyana al-falah Qad qamati as-salatu, qad qamati as-salah Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابر كلا سوف تعلمون ثم كلا سوف تعلمون كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم ثم لترونها عين اليقين ثم لتسألن يومئذ عن النعيم الله أكبر Allah, Liman Hamida, Allah, Akbar. Allah, Akbar. Allah, Akbar. الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم 
صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله What's your grandmother's name? Nurallah and Nurallah We have a grandmother of our dear brother here and Nurallah that passed away We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive her of our sins May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy Upon her soul, upon her upon her soul, Allahumma ghfir lha wa rhamha. Allahumma tajawaz an sayyatiha. Allahumma in kanat muhsina fazid fi ihsanha wa kanat sayyat fazid fi fatajawaz an sayyatiha. Allahumma tkhulha aljanna min ghairi hisab. Allahumma tkhulha aljanna min ghairi hisab. Allahumma tkhulha الفردوس الأعلى اللهم ارحم جميع أموات المسلمين وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. السلام عليكم